Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, good morning. Welcome back to Gardening Today on News Radio 1040 WHO. I am Melissa Burdick, and I'm here with Aaron Style, and we are talking all things gardening. As a matter of fact, yeah. we were talking it so much in the break, we almost missed the comeback. <laughs> no, oh, wait, wait, there's we the music. We wrapped up in talking yeah. about our house plants. We were. We were. <laughs> and you know what? We we are answering your questions, or we would be if anybody was calling, but no, but not a single call has come in yet today. So I just um, think people are out enjoying the weather. I know. It is really nice. It's nice out. But if you do want to give us a call, you can reach us at 515-284-1040. You can text us at 515-989-1040. Mm-hmm. And now, as of now, you can reach us on Facebook um, at Gardening Today IA. So, so look for us there. We did get a couple likes since the last time we mentioned it. So thank you for, for liking us there. Mm-hmm. And share your pictures with us. We'd like to see what's going on in your yard. So. Yeah. And, Community. Uh, oh, you know, we have an email, too. And occasionally we'll yeah. get some questions via email and um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about this because this is the time of year to address a lot of issues with your lawn mm-hmm. and uh, this was a lawn question they had um, several spots in their yard that were turning brown and uh, they weren't exactly sure what was causing this browning um, and they ranged in size from a patch as little as four by four inches to as big as 16 by 16 inches and um, what was interesting is that uh, it, so- it looked like they didn't send a picture of it though, so um, I had to kind of kind of guess what was going on here. But I mm-hmm. think they had summer patch, summer patch, uh, which is a disease. It, it's a kind of a it affects the roots. It causes mm-hmm. this dieback, very much like what they were what they were describing. But now mm-hmm. is the time of year is a really good time of year to deal with this. So mm-hmm. that disease uh, spreading, uh, putting down a fungicide or something like that isn't going to cause or isn't going to help anything because mm-hmm. most fungicides are going to work preventatively. Mm-hmm. And now that that has already happened, the grass is already dead. You're not really helping anything. You're just spreading money. <laughs> on fungicide, right? Yeah. So, uh, but now would be the time to get in and reseed those areas because mm-hmm. seeding in the fall is absolutely the best time. Yes. And we're getting actually into the, you know, late September is starting to be kind of the end of when is the best time to put down seed mm-hmm. if you're going to start new lawn. Ideally, it's the latter part of August, the first part of September. But you can, mm-hmm. with success, go all the way through the end of September without yeah. a lot of issue. So if you have some of those things, you know, and the weather this summer has has kind of contributed to some of these issues, but now is the time to do that. Now is also the time to do core aerification yes, on your lawn yes. if you want to do that, mm-hmm. uh, which helps with uh, drainage. It helps uh, build soil better. It helps reduce compaction, which is a big issue mm-hmm. in a lot of lawns. Uh, now is the time to apply uh, broadleaf weed control mm-hmm. and uh, start that whole thing. And now is also a good time to put down the first round of fertilizer um, mm-hmm. for your fall lawn. Fertilizer. So usually two applications in the fall at about um, one pound per uh, thousand 
thousand square feet. I think one to three pounds per thousand square feet. I think is the range that most people would apply and yeah of nitrogen. One yeah. to three pounds of nitrogen. I got that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, per thousand square feet, and uh, you can uh, put that down. About now is a good time, and then the second application, the first part of November. Okay. And you would put nitrogen down that late in, in the It works in the well. Works for you? Yeah, okay. but I don't know why, but that's the yeah. Iowa State's been recommending that for years. Yeah. Um, that now is the time to yeah, put some works. fertilizer down. It's also a good time for broadleaf weed control. Yeah. It's a great time to start seed. Seed. You wouldn't necessarily do all of that stuff in one year. Right. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> so, kinda, uh, given especially it works. if you're starting seed, I would skip broadleaf weed control. Right. Because the weed control is going to inhibit mm-hmm. seed germination, even though it is a grass, right? Versus broadleaf, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. I should put some information about that up on our website. Yeah. And I have a It'll hint about dealing with compaction um, in in turf, but maybe maybe we'll answer a few questions that have popped in. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk to Sandy. She joined us on the line here. Good morning. Good morning to you. My hydrangea question is about pruning. What I have are the very oldest. Uh, I had, with my grandmother, I had hydrangeas, and when we moved here, there are three of them available. Any of the books I have don't seem to treat these old-fashioned ones. They have the the bigger leaf and the, um, I don't even remember, the PGs or something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just the old-fashioned ones. I've tried fall pruning, spring pruning, halfway, dead wood. Sure. Business. Please help. So do these have round uh, balls of flowers, or are they more kind of elongated or pyramidal? They are round and complex, you know. Yeah, and white or creamy oh, yeah. colored? Oh, white that, that are green sometimes, yeah. and I leave them for winter uh, if I haven't cut them. <laughs> so I, sure. I don't know what is best for them. And they, and they seem to come back from the ground every year, right? Uh, they do, and when I've tried cutting like a half stalk, shoots will come out uh, from the ground up. So then the flowers were lesser, but the weather changes things like that, too. Sure, sure. It sounds like you have the smooth hydrangea or the Annabelle. Annabelle, that's a classic. Hydrangea, it's a very old-fashioned plant. That sounds old and good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's a couple of ways to approach this, but most folks will cut these shrubs back to the ground late winter, early spring. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it keeps them from getting too floppy because sometimes they'll open, you know, especially when they get the big flowers on them, they'll, they'll bend over and open up. It also does make the flower blooms a little bit smaller, but often that's ideal because then they're not so heavy and they don't uh, cause the, the shrub to get all floppy and, and open up. So um, that's if, if it is the Annabelle type hydrangea, that's probably the approach I would take with it is is cutting it back in March. Get the whole thing back. Yep, to the ground. There with the grapes and the Annabelle's mm-hmm. pruning. Okay. All right, I will give that a try, and I floppy's okay with me. There. <laughs> Some people like that. Yeah, yeah. but they, they do well when you do when you approach yeah. them that way. And I guess mostly they're so grandma to me. Yeah. Aww. Yep. 
Yeah. It's the deal. Thank you for being there. Thanks for the question, Sandy. Okay. Bye for now. Yep. All right. Let's keep going down the list here. We had Scott join us uh, with a question. Good morning, Scott. You're on WHO. Hi. I actually had two questions. The first one I had was about my, uh, my zucchini got a fungus on it this year, and it died back, like, completely, kind of started in, like, late August. And I didn't know what I needed to do next year to prevent that. Sure. So kind of like a whitish fungus on the leaf. On the leaves, um, kind of like a dusting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably powdery mildew, yep. which is really common on plants like zucchini. Yeah. And um, reducing overhead watering helps a lot. I would definitely do a good job of fall cleanup yep. this year. What else would you Would you compost it? I would wouldn't. You, you just put it straight in the yard waste? Yeah. 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 Um, also, one of the okay. things that's, that's difficult with zucchinis is that they are so vigorous and large that sometimes you plant them and you think that you've given them plenty of space but eventually as they grow towards the end of the the season they're giant and they're they're really up on top of each other and that really reduces the airflow and with that kind of powdery mildew fungus moisture that lingers is an issue and that's what um what really promotes this uh, powdery mildew fungus to, to spread. So the overhead watering, reducing that and watering at the base is, is gr- a great way to okay. reduce the amount of water on the foliage yeah. and then also lots of space okay. all around. And there are things you can okay. spray um, to to prevent powdery mildew, but it has to be done preventatively. And mm-hmm. often you can get really decent control just by having good air circulation, mm-hmm. having good garden cleanup and reducing overhead watering. So we always recommend okay. that last. Um, and then the other question I had uh, to like follow up on the other hydrangea, I've got one of the, I've got three hydrangea. My old garden one blooms beautiful, but I've got a, like the newer, kind of like the bright pink ones. Mm-hmm. And they, I cannot get them to bloom. We moved <laughs> in three years ago and they get huge. When should I be pruning them back to, I feel like they, they die, like the old, the old growth dies off and the like the buds die off in the spring or something. What when should I be pruning that to get it to actually bloom? Yeah, this is a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, we, not knowing whether or not you have one of the new varieties, the endless summer type continual blooming ones or the I older think type. That's what I have. Have you it's ever seen it bloom? I get like one I get like one bloom a year maybe. Yeah. So especially the the endless summer ha- cultivar they've released some new ones that are relatives of endless summer that are a little better about this mm-hmm. but uh this plant um after about 5 years starts to do exactly what you're describing yep and uh there's not much you can do about it but buy a new one i <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. uh, you're not doing anything wrong. This is a flaw with this plant. And mm. I think part of what okay. what happened is they were so excited about this hydrangea that they released it before they knew how this thing was really going to behave long term in mm-hmm. people's gardens. And what they realized was that over time in in northern gardens, this plant just peters out and yeah. stops blooming, has lots and lots of foliage. What's that? The house is about 20 years old, and I'm guessing it's original, so that's probably yeah. what just happened. It just happened. Yep, yep. And I would so, look at okay. some of the newer varieties like Twist and Shout mm-hmm. um, that are related to Endless Summer but are a little bit better about this phenomenon. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the call, You're Scott. All right. All right. Bye.
We do have to take a quick break. John, I see your question there. If you would just hold on through the commercial, we will answer your question right when we get back here on Gardening Today. News Radio 1040 WHO. And welcome back to Gardening Today. We are so glad that you could join us. We're talking all things gardening. I'm Melissa Burdick, and Aaron Style is here too. And uh, we want you to know that if you would like to call us with your question, you can reach us at 515 284 1040 or text us at 989 1040. And uh, we do have a caller on the line, John, uh, who has a question about Roundup, it looks like. Hi, John. How are you? Well, I'm okay. Uh, I've got this. Uh, I've got two questions actually. I've got this viney plant in my yard that I've hit now three times with Roundup, and it still looks like it hasn't killed it all. Is that uncommon? No, not necessarily. Do you know what it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, does it? Uh, is it in the lawn itself, or is it out like in flower beds and stuff? No. You know, I have a little vine that pops up in my yard in in the lawn, it, uh-huh. and it I think it's coming from uh, a little vine that's in a weed in a bed, and I'm pretty certain it's underground um, rhizomes roots and stuff. rhizomes that are spreading, mm-hmm. and they go really far, and usually they get mown off, um, but because they have such a, a, a extensive underground root network, sometimes it's hard for Roundup or another systemic to make it all the way and right. kill the entire plant. Right. So it's, I, I no, I don't think it's uncommon for Roundup to sometimes not be mm-hmm. real effective, especially on really difficult to control weeds. I think yeah. this is the best time of year to be addressing this. Absolutely. So uh, that's a good first step. And I would, if you're not seeing luck with glyphosate, I would move to uh, the next level of finding like a shrub and brush. Uh, usually it's labeled as shrub and brush killer, but it has... Uh, an active ingredient called triclopyr mm-hmm. um, that has a different mode of action. It is also going uh, to kind of kill some of the stuff around that plant if you don't carefully apply it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, that might be um, my next step for this. Without we're, knowing we're, the exact weed, it's it's hard for us to know for sure. sure. But uh, that that's my next go to if if glyphosate's not working. Is something like Tordon? Oh, yeah. So you could use Toradon, but Toradon sticks around in the soil yeah. a lot. You have to be really careful with that one yeah. because if it's in, improperly applied, it has a lot of collateral damage. Yes. These other two yeah, I'm talking about um, are more forgiving than yeah. Toradon is. Oh. Tordon okay. is bringing a, a gun the, to a knife fight. So it will. It will. <laughs> yes, yeah, but, it'll do it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next question I had is: um, I have a path through a lot of trees where there's virtually no sunshine. What kind of grass is best to plant there? None. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> okay. I mean, the 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 fine fescues are our go-to kind of more shade-tolerant grasses, but shade is relative speaking when we talk about turf because even then they still want some uh, some direct sunlight at some okay. point during the day. Um, I would probably look at other types of ground covers uh, that you can also walk on. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, is this kind of like a native woodland area or is this a very yeah. manicured kind of garden yeah, yeah, area? I, I, I had to cut a path through my, I've got a little wooded area and I had to cut a path through there uh, to clean out a creek and I thought I might just make a walking path. So oh, sure. what, what would be good to put on it? 
so I would aim towards something that's more native yeah. because of the, the of the setting. Yeah. Um, and so the first things that come to mind would probably still need stepping stones around them, though. I'm like thinking yeah. like uh, some of the native uh, uh gingers. Oh, there's a lot of carrots too Carics that would probably do well with the grassy texture. So mm-hmm. those are the sedges. Um, Carex are, and they usually do better in shade than grass does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carex Pennsylvanica is a good example mm-hmm. of one. If you if you Googled that, you would find lots of seed sources for that. Um, okay. And I actually I like the idea of sedge for this, and it looks a little bit like grass. So it's, it's not the easiest to walk on though because it's clump forming, and so it yeah. can be a little uneven underfoot. Uh, that wouldn't be a problem, I don't think. Okay. Um, one thing that that notoriously does well, and Aaron, I don't know if it's native or not. Creeping Charlie. <laughs> it's is not it, native. It's not native. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I think that's forget I said it. Maybe killed. I just opened the Creeping Charlie. Charlie can of worms, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I could have transplanted it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would live. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. I, said I like it. the idea of sedges. I like that idea, Melissa. Yeah. So, um, and there are some other non-native things that come to mind, like uh, vinca and some some yeah. other things. But vinca does I would well. lean away from that stuff only because of the setting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I hope that helps out some with your questions and and gets you gets you on the right path. Yeah. Now, looks like Bobby called in with some advice on the resistance that with the vine and oh, resistance yeah. to herbicides. So, hi, Bobby. What's your what's your thoughts for gardening today? Well, I had one thought, and I have one uh, question actually. Uh, I was going to say the the whole roundup. I live on twenty acres south of town, and I've tried two forty. I've tried. Uh, Roundup, but the comment I wanted to make on Roundup is, well, 2,4-D, don't put it on when it's too hot. I learned my yeah. lesson yeah. Yes, there. Yeah, that's yep, very yep. important. Uh, and the Roundup, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Roundup these days, but it's, I've applied it in areas a number of times over the summer, and it's just, it's just not as effective as it used to be. I don't, I don't know yeah. if you guys have a comment on that. or No, it's be, something uh, that... Back in the day, you could use Roundup, and you wouldn't have to worry about it again. And right. They just keep coming back. That could have something to do with the heat and the lack of moisture. I don't know. Yep. And actually, we were just talking about this earlier. Sometimes Roundup takes a while to take effect. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like it'll be weeks and then all of a sudden Boom, you'll death. see finally yeah. some, some, some death on the plant. But uh, that's, that's, very, that's very typical. Yeah. Um, I've heard that and I've seen that more and more. Yeah, I guess I just didn't know if the, the climate this year, the weather and lack there of moisture and the real hard heat early on had something to do with the impact or the lack thereof and the impact Roundup has on weeds or right. it just Roundup's not made like it used to be. I think I think plants change a little over time and yeah. and uh, I'm sure Roundup is different too uh, a little bit. They'd always change the formulation yeah. or something. So my last question I'll let you go is, uh, so first year garden on a new property, um, okay to take out all the plants, uh, put them in a big pile in the middle of the garden, burn them, uh, everything that's left over, and then just till it in? My, you know, I try to till as little as possible. And my reasoning behind that is um, often you end up chopping up. If there's anything alive, you'll chop it up and spread it around. Yeah. 
And if there is any weed seed, which there is almost Always. certainly, mm-hmm. um, you're going to end up planting it. Planting and, it. and uh, then all of your, your beneficial soil-borne insects and, and fauna will get kind of chopped up and stirred up like a tornado. And so that yeah. makes it tough. So, you know, there's kind of, and I know there's two trains of thought on this. Um, you know, a lot of folks like to start with a clean slate and, mm-hmm. and doing this kind of tilling does that. It also helps work up the soil so it's easier to to garden. It's in. friable. Yeah. It makes it friable. And that's good. Um, I would be inclined to... Um, uh, kill off everything uh, with a herbicide, mm-hmm. uh, like Roundup or mm-hmm. uh, whatever that takes. And fall is a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, remove what I can, and and you can burn it, or you can get rid of you know that part. You know, yeah, you it doesn't do really matter how you get rid of it. Uh, yeah. And then I would probably bring in some compost and maybe work that in a little bit. A shallow till, if you yeah. want. If you if you have a tiller and you're itching to use it, yes, that's yeah. how I would use it. Yeah, um, uh, put in a nice layer of good compost that will get you started very nicely mm-hmm. in the spring mm-hmm. yeah we were talking about this till or no-till question over the break and and um i i am prepping beds for planting next fall next spring i'm prepping the beds now and i've i've started the roundup process of killing off the turf and um I am planning on tilling because I am one of those. I, I do like that clean slate. I also like tilling and leaving it open so that there's a freeze-thaw uh, process throughout the winter to help break up that soil and make sure it's nice and, and easy to um, to work. Now, that being said, that's a mentality that I've carried over from gardening in the south where there's heavy heavy clay and it can be very difficult to bust it now iowa has beautiful soils and uh so i i may change over time as i get better with uh with gardening locally and and what kind of soils we have here so um but but at this point i am planning on tilling or at least forking it up in some fashion yeah yeah so hopefully that helps out bobby as he's moving forward uh, with all of this, we also received quite a few text uh, questions yeah. over uh, the break in the last uh, several minutes, and so I want to get to some of those. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> so, uh, talking about creeping Charlie, you brought up creeping Charlie. How I to shouldn't get rid have. Of it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's uh-huh. a problem that a lot of people have, and uh, now is a great time to deal with creeping Charlie. Yeah. And uh, using a product, I like to use a product that contains the active ingredient called dicamba. I think that works oh. fairly well on Di- creeping Charlie. Dicamba is good because it's a quick uh, knockdown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you'll see. Yeah. You'll be very satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. But it can still come back from the roots because it is, it's not it systemic. It will take more than one application for yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, knowing a persistence is the best tool against creeping Charlie. Yeah. And I think that's the part that's maybe hard for all of us is it, that it's hard it to again, keep on top of it. Then hit it again. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that's if you're trying to get rid of something that's pesty, pesky um, – Fall is great because plants are starting to go into dormancy. And as a part of that process leading up to dormancy, they're taking a lot of um, nutrients and from the leaves and then storing them down in the roots as carbohydrates. So they're flowing. Their vascular system is flowing down into the roots much more actively than it is in the summertime or active growing season. What, what that means is that when you have a systemic herbicide like glyphosate, you spray it to the leaves and it very readily 
uh, takes it up and moves it down to the roots, moves it farther into the roots, and you get a really good kill this time of year. But it does still take, uh, sometimes will take multiple applications just to get it all good and done. Yep. Well, here, let's go to Linda's question here. Um, She called us. Good morning, Linda. You're on WHO. Hello there. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have just about become a regular because I call in about these pear trees (laughs) every other year or so. (laughs) And we have waited now nine years for something to come on these trees. It's a seckle and a, oh dear, I forgot the name. Anyway, uh, gourmet, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, Two different trees, and we planted them about nine years ago, and my husband corrected me when I had talked to you folks before. Uh, It has had blooms in the past, but they don't come every year. Mm -hmm. And we are very positive it was supposed to be uh, trees that would produce pears because there was pears on at least one of them. When we bought them and put them in the ground, we did what Eileen said, uh, you know, putting down newspapers so the grass wouldn't grow and all that. Uh, We've done everything that you guys have ever told us. (laughs) We've had people tell us that this is going to take 10 years, or we had another person tell us 18 years before you get any pears off of this. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if any of that is true. <laughs> well, I don't think it should be that long. No, right? I yeah. sure didn't need to. I probably would have never planted them. <laughs> huh. So, um... We've never had a pair on the tree since we bought them. I think, you know, part of this, too, might be um, good partners. So mm-hmm. uh, most fruit trees, apples and pears in particular, need good partners to be... Um, Pollinated. Pollinated by, and I well, think that's what's why we got two. I think what's happened to uh, a gourmet that variety um, is not a good partner. Oh. So the gourmet pear is not going to help pollinate your seckle pear. Oh, it won't. Right. Well, so, we do have neighbors that aren't even a mile away, but I don't know what kind their pear tree is. Yeah, and if it's a seckle pear, it might not work. And I'm not sure Bartlett is a great partner for seckle either. They might not bloom at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's a cultivar called Moon Glow, and I know that one is recommended as a good pollinator for seckle pears. Well, um, and so I have a feeling that that is what you're running into a here. Problem, huh? Yes. Well, does this mean we're just never going to get them then? Well, if you don't get a good pollinator partner, you won't. Okay. Yep. Mm. So, and gourmet is, a gourmet, I guess, is a selfish cultivar because it... <laughs> it's it, a what? I'll call it a, a quote-unquote selfish cultivar because oh, it doesn't okay. pr- contribute to other cultivars, but it does need other cultivars to help oh, it. <laughs> so... Somebody should have told me. I know. It's hard. This is one of the, I think, it's one of hard. the more difficult things, and especially about pears because there's a lot of information about this for apple, mm-hmm. but there's not as much information out there about pears because more people grow apples than pears. Yeah. So, well, in our apple trees just do terrific. I've sold them to the Grinnell College and everything. Yep. I mean, the apples are great. Yep. 
the pears we have never got one off of. I would look for a moon glow. That should be a nice partner for your second yeah, pair. Do I have to wait another ten years? Well, no, hopefully not. Now you will have to wait a while to get fruit off of the moon glow, but they should bloom mm-hmm. within a year or two of planting, and that will help the second pair, even though the okay. moon glow is younger. So is it the gourmet then really that is not for our area? I think one of you guys told me one of them is not for our area. Here. It does okay in this part of the country. It's just not a good partner for your other trees. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your help. Yes. And, uh, I guess if I'd have known all this before, we would have probably planted cherry trees. Yeah. <laughs> I love cherries, too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Linda. All right. And with that, we do need to take our next break. We'll be back to answer more questions and talk more gardening here on Gardening Today, News Radio 1040. Well, hello again. This is Melissa Burdick, and I'm here with Aaron Style, and we've been talking all things gardening all morning today. Yeah. A lot of great questions. Lots of great questions. Um, I'm not sure if we're... Well, I'm going to try to get through all of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, we have a ton of text questions yes, that have come in. We do. Um, text questages is what I said. Messages. <laughs> questions. Questages. Sorry. Oh, I haven't had enough caffeine yet this morning. So we had Anne who uh, texted, and she's wondering how to beautify road ditches on the side of a country driveway. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just chatting. I, I think a really good option is going to be to look at some restored prairie or yes. pollinator in the ditches. A lot of people are doing this, and it's highly encouraged. And you have a great resource to recommend. Yeah, so the um, Iowa Living Roadways Trust uh, Fund has some a lot of great information on their website um, about uh, ways to, to approach this. And, um, of course, this site, uh, you know, not knowing what the site is like, uh, this, this resource can be nice to help kind of identify potential uh, sources for seed. Definitely, uh, depending on the location, it can also be used uh, to help e- maybe even fund some of this Ooh. work. Yeah, I think that there are uh, grants and stipends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but there's also just a lot of great resources on there. The other spot I would look at is buying a native seed mix. Mm-hmm. And without knowing anything about the location, a ditch makes me think of wet music. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a, a wet area of the prairie that dries out occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so a seed mix that's meant for wet music prairie would be a nice fit without knowing anything more yeah. about the site. And music course. is M-E-S-I-C? Did I spell that right? Music? I think so. If they want to Google it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, there's a company called Ion Exchange that's re- uh, relatively local and has a great reputation for providing these seed mixtures. You can get the seed in the fall and do a dormant seeding. So that's where you would broadcast seed um, basically just before or just after the soil freezes, mm-hmm. um, usually November, December. You can also do seeding in the spring, April through June. Mm-hmm. And either of those times would work well. Uh, but that would be a great source uh, for information as well as seed for Anne and anybody else who's looking to do this. Yeah, it's a great way to encourage pollinators, and we all hear about prairie fragmentation, and uh, helping to increase prairie habitats as much as possible will help all of these uh, insects and and um, birds, butterflies, everything that needs a continuous prairie for proper migration and and good uh, good habitat health and support. Is it, this is a great way that the average homeowner can contribute to that yeah i agree well mike joined us on the line let's see if we can't get to mike's question here before the end of the hour good morning you're on who hi i have uh 
a backyard that's full of wild strawberry, mm-hmm. and it seems to be just totally eradicating my grass. So <laughs> how, how can I get rid of that? Um, wild strawberry, I would approach much in the same way I would approach any broadleaf weed. You can put down a broadleaf herbicide. Mm-hmm. You can do a non-selective herbicide depending on how much is there. So these are things like um, a product that contains the chemical dicamba or glyphosate. Uh, Th- those are the non-selective. Right. They kill everything. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. kill They'll kill um, anything it touches. Mm-hmm. Glyphosate will. Um, and... Uh, the other option is to uh, is to dig out by hand, but it'll probably take a little bit of persistence because much like Creeping Charlie and some other broadleaf weeds, this once they get established, you know, strawberry can be kind of kind of tenacious. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend a, a selective a broadleaf selective herbicide like two four D? You could use you spray that it over potentially. That. Yeah. I bet that would work as well. Yeah. Fall is the best time to do this, Mike. So you're thinking about this at the right time. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you think then that given that it's going to kill my gra- whatever remaining grass I have there, that it might be a good idea to do this now and then reseed in the spring? Yeah, or if you can get um, if you can get uh, get it done soon, you know, soon. Uh, actually, seeding in the fall is better. So I guess what I'm getting at is there a downtime or a time that I have to wait between when I apply the dicamba or whatever and when I reseed. Yes, and I don't know it off the top of my head. It's probably a couple of weeks, but the label will confirm that. I don't. I don't have the exact time frame in my in my memory. I would probably. My guess would be a little bit less, like maybe a week or so, for it to kind of lose efficacy um, once it's been applied to the strawberry. It, it, yeah, but it should say on the label how long yeah. you need to wait before you do and, seed. And, you know, if you want, try dicamba, because dicamba is a broadleaf herbicide. It's actually very similar to 2,4-D okay. in its action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it shouldn't impact the grass. I would probably start there and see how that works. Okay, but again, you're, you're saying I may need to do this two or three times, right? Depending on, on your situation, yes. Um, but usually strawberry isn't quite as tenacious as some of these other really, really hard ones. So I would be surprised if it, it doesn't um, have be pretty effective the first go around. You may have to spot spray after that, though. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. All right. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten that 2,4-D and dicamba are very closely related chemicals. Okay. Yeah, it's like a, I won't say it's an improved 2,4-D, but they are very, they are very similar. Similar modes of action. Mm-hmm. Yep. So dicamba's fast acting on the top. So yes, you see it. Yes. Yeah. So that's why a lot of folks like to use it in lawns too, because it works and it doesn't kill the grass. And it doesn't kill the grass. Exactly. Yep. So um, let's see. Did we get all these other questions going here? I think. I think so. (laughs) Oh, the Christmas cactus. Yes. Ah. Um, And so Christmas cactus. uh, We had Larry who texts us in. A question saying um, that his Christmas cactus doesn't seem to be growing very well, or that it's basically it looks like it's gone dormant. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if it went dormant. If anything's brown, it's it's probably just dead. Um, but they do tend to slow down certain times of the year. I noticed my Christmas cactus has just it's not really put on a ton of growth of of any sort. So do they go through? It, what's their seasonality when it comes to? Um growth or or uh, well slow. I think they're like a lot of other plants they'll they'll have a flush of growth in the spring as the days get okay. longer 
and then they kind of wane down in the fall, and then of course they most of them are blooming in the fall, mm-hmm. um, early winter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to look at mine because it was a, kind of a Thanksgiving bloomer. So I need to go yeah. check it out, see if it's showing anything fun. I know mine mm-hmm. is mine is that time of year too, and some there have been years where I've missed it. Oh, I know because it I, I have it living in a back bedroom, mm. and because it can, yeah, because <laughs> it can, <laughs> and uh, there are times where I accidentally. Accidentally lose track of it, and it's a really sad year. You go back to water it, and there's all these dead flower blossoms on the, on the table, bloomed unseen. <laughs> like there's a poem about that. Oh, well, I want to thank everybody. <laughs> on that note, I want to thank everybody who uh, uh, called and texted in their questions this morning. We had a wonderful time talking about stuff going on in the garden. Remind folks that if you do miss any part of the program, the podcast is up at whoradio.com. You can also search on the iHeartRadio app on your phone. There's more information online at whoradio.com as well. We will be back again next week to talk more gardening and answer your questions here on Gardening Today. News Radio 1040, WHO. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.